I like to watch TV. Do any of you like to watch TV? All right, we're on the same page then. I remember growing up, some of my favorite TV shows, He-Man, <laughs> Masters of the Universe. There was the Dukes of Hazard. There was the Incredible Hulk. Good quality family programming right there. <laughs> you know what's neat about it, in, in many of these shows, it would always begin with a review of what happened before. You know, it's a genius idea, in my opinion. They, they do that to jog your memory, because unless you're watching like a whole season of something on Netflix... It's been a week since you saw it, and back then we didn't have Netflix, young folks. So let's be honest, we forget things. But I loved it because the announcer would be like, previously on The Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner got angry. He broke something. He turned green, you know, whatever. They'd recap. They'd bring you back up to speed. They'd get you ready, you know, and then they invented this recap, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm going to steal their idea today. Are you ready? Here it goes. Previously in the story, we heard how God created everything and how he created man in his own image and how he walked and talked with them. And in a stunning turn of events, though, we see Adam and Eve listening to the deceptive serpent and eating the fruit of the tree of wisdom and knowledge. <sighs> Ashamed, they hid from God. But in an act of grace, God provides them with clothes and, and banishes them from the Garden of Eden. You may be going, whoa, how is that an act of grace? He could have done something else. (laughs) He could have just banished them off the earth, but he didn't. Yet God's vision, excuse me, God's vision in creation is to be with us. And Adam and Eve chose a different vision and sin entered the human race. Yet God still passionately pursues us at a great cost. In this part of the story, we discover that God decides to build a nation. And through that new nation, win us back to him. And today, as we continue to get deeper into the story, we will see that not only does God build a new nation, but he does it to reveal himself to us and to reveal his plan to get us back. Will you pray with me? Father God, uh, we thank you for for your patience with us. Uh, We thank you for your perseverance in in not only revealing a plan, but, but in continually just pursuing us. Thank you so much for your faithfulness that you do what you say you're going to do. I pray that as we, we continue to, to go deeper into your story, that that revelation will, will continue to, to be seen, that we'll see who you are, we'll see how we can be a reflection of you. I pray that we'll just continue to live out what we learn. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, I need all of you to do me a favor. If, if you have one, go ahead and take out your smartphone or your tablet. Go ahead. I know this is dangerous on a Sunday. Go ahead and do that. Take out your phone, um, put it on silent or airplane mode or something like that, just so that it doesn't go off. We're going to be a little interactive today. I need you to help me out with something, okay? So everybody got, you, got it out? Let me see it. Hold up. I know I'm not the only one. I, I hear them go off all the time, so this is your opportunity. Be proud that you brought it. It's good. It's like almost as good as having your Bible with you today, okay? Um, <laughs> which, by the way, I left mine in my office. <laughs> Run grab that, please. Yeah. Um, if, if you, the story Bible, okay, all right, if, if you have your cell phone or your tablet or your smartphone or whatever, um, man, I don't even know where I put that now that I think about it, um, go ahead and, and find your GPS app, whatever it is you use, Google Maps, Scout, 
uh, whatever, find me, you know, whatever app it is. Okay, make sure we're on silent. Do not disturb. Find that app and um, and get it open. Because uh, I, I want to tell you something. Uh, in all honesty, just last summer, I learned how to properly read a map. Okay, maps for those of you who are younger than me. Map is this big sheet of paper has pictures of the state, lines and stuff drawn to scale, the roads, the cities, how you can get there. You just have has a big N at the top of it, which means north, and then it helps you find your bearing. Well, just this past summer. I actually learned how to read one uh, because Dylan and I were hiking and I realized I don't know how to read a map and technology is only as good as your battery or the, the satellite location. So I learned. Um, and, and, and it's still not a simple task for me. It takes me a little bit of study to figure out where I am and where I'm going whenever I use a map. And that's one of the reasons I love technology because <laughs> it helps us. Uh, you can just look it up, or you can say, Siri, the nearest restaurant, and it'll just like pop up like a ton of options. Now, in just a little bit, we're going to use this GPS technology, and we're going to chart Abraham's course, all right? We're going to see who has the smartest phone. <laughs> but first, dun, dun, dun. Come on, hurry up, hurry up. Come on, come on, come on. That is not the right one. It is the storybook. Okay, I know. It's okay. It's okay. You're good. Um, I guess I have more than one in my office, and he found it. Um, and, and if you brought this, mine is red. Yours may be white. Um, so I put the cover back on it because I confused some people last week. But the pages are still the same, and, and I'll be reading out of this in just a little bit. Um, all right, so I just learned how to read a map. I love technology because it keeps me honest. It keeps me where I'm going. Um, and so in a little bit, we're going to use this GPS technology. We're going to figure out Abraham's route and the course that he took. But first, I want to look at this, at this nation, and I want to look at these people. God's going to build a nation, and I want to look at the people that he chooses to build this new nation. Now, take a look at, at the place where these people are, first of all. They're in a place called Ur, or Yer, if you're from Alabama. That's you are. I'm still not sure how to really pronounce it, but go ahead and just type that into your GPS, if you will, and, and type in your and, and see where it takes you. You are. <laughs> Maybe you could type in the land of er or your or if it was me writing this, it'd be the land of y'all. <laughs> you know? Anything come up? Was it the actual land of er? No. When I, when I did it, <laughs> it was like all kinds of different things that came up. There was a couple of restaurants. Whisper, yep, that was one. Ohio came up. I thought, that is not where I'm trying to get to. You probably didn't get what you're looking for. Try searching for the Tigris River. Type in, and it's T-I-G-R-I-S, in case you can't spell it like you normally would. But T-I-G-R-I-S, Tigris River. Hopefully you can find that. Your phones are slow. <laughs> Some of you may have already figured out, if you have your storybook, that there's a map right in the front of it. <laughs> in the back. Some of them are in color. All right, but if you find the Tigris River, okay, um, and you go, <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I learned my map. You find the Tigris River, and you go to the left a little bit, uh, that would probably be west, you'll see the Euphrates River, all right? And in between the Tigris and the Euphrates River, there's a little land called Ur. 
or your, or y'all, if you're from Alabama. Um, now, here's the point. In this area, between these two rivers, in this area, is where the Tower of Babel was being built by many nations who all had one language. And they were building this tower not because they were trying to honor God, but because they were trying to get to God. They were trying to, to see if we built it high enough, we can get to God. God said, no, that's not part of my plan. That's not how my story goes. And so he confuses the language. He causes them all to begin speaking different languages. And what do we do when we come upon something that we don't understand or we don't know? We scatter. <laughs> so that's what they did. Hence, nations, they're scattering. And our God with, with his, is keeping with his plan of pursuing us and restoring us. He chooses to create a new nation in this area of the world. Now, they say in real estate, it's all about Location, location, location. So God has the place. Now he just, has to, he just needs the people. So who will they be? And I also want to introduce these people to you. But as a side note, I want to remind you that we, we found out last week in the story, the last person that God chose uh, who was righteous was Noah. And he was known to be righteous. He, he did the ark thing and they came off and, and he started the, the new life. But he also made some mistakes. I'm sure that this time God gets it right. That, that this time as God builds the nation, he's going to have more righteous people than Noah. A more righteous person who's not going to stumble, who's not going to make mistakes like Noah did. Not exactly. And as we go through this story and we see how God pursues us, we're going to see how God continually calls broken, messed up, and weird people. And in this early calling, it's no different. God chose Abram and Sarai. Now, what's unique about Abram and Sarai is, first off, they were very old. They were kind of set in their ways, if you will, in, in their early 70s. Retired, if you will. God calls them. But here's the other thing. Their parents and their grandparents of Abram, Abram and Sarai worshipped pagan gods. That makes them like third generation pagan god worshippers, Right? Hey, God, what is he thinking? He's calling them to, you can't build a nation using people who are old and whose family worships pagan gods. Or can you? God can. Let's look at how Abram obeyed the command of God by faith. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Go ahead and get your GPS ready, and I'm going to give you another address to put in. Or if you want, we're on page 13 in the story. But it's still fun to use technology. God builds a nation. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from, the, from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. All right, that's your starting point. In your GPS, type in your country. I'm just following the directions that God gave Abram. Your country, that was it. Go from your country. And then for destination, type in the land I will show you. Ah, you see where this is going, don't you? You can't do that with technology. <laughs> there you go. Now, I don't know about you, but that didn't work very well with my GPS app. So let's continue reading from the story. God says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. 
He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there with no map, with no GPS, with only following the way that the Lord showed him. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the, on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now we're going to stop there for a moment because I want to explain a few things. I want to make sure we're all on the same page here. The reason God chose Abram and Sarah, an old and unlikely couple, was so that all people would look to God, knowing that, that all that is about to happen and all that happens in their life is done by him. He's not doing this just to impress Abram. He's not doing this to impress Sarai. He's not doing this to impress us. But God wants people to see him work. And he wants people, especially in this time, to understand his plan. And it's actually, it's a fourfold plan that God reveals for the new nation. And I just shared them with you in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. First off, God will make the new nation great. That's what he says to Abram. I'm going to make a new nation. It's going to be great. God will make Abram's name great. And God will bless all who bless Abram and curse the ones who curse him. And next, God will bless all the nations of the world through Abram and the new nation. God will use this new nation to reveal his heart and his plan to win us back. Only God can put all that together without a GPS you know, there, there are some turbulent beginnings of this new nation. Some things happen here in Genesis uh, chapter 16, 18, and 22. And I'm going to kind of summarize those with you today. But as you read through the story this week in chapter 2 on God building a nation, you're going to get a little deeper in this. And, and it's pretty exciting stuff. But first off, Sarai proposes her own way to start the new nation. In Genesis 16, um, she is old. We, we, we get that. And, and because she is old, she offers Hagar to Abraham. That's her maidservant. And Ishmael is born. That's the child that Abram and Hagar have. But um, it doesn't begin with the new nation with Ishmael. That's not what God's plan is. You see, and by the way, Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And then it was roughly 13 years later when God told Abram, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Listen, I, I shared this in Sunday school today um, as we were kind of hitting on, on Abram and faith. There are four different times in this story of God building a nation where he says to Abram, he talks to him specifically about the covenant. And, and each time he says something along the lines of um, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. He, he redirects. He gives some redirection. It's kind of like when your GPS says, U-turn as soon as possible, or please make a legal U-turn. That's what's happening here. Yeah, recalculating. There you go. Because God sees Abram as righteous, but even righteous people stumble. And so God says, hey, we're going to recalculate. We're going to bring you back around. And so, so here's Abram at, at 86 years old, having a son. His name is Ishmael. And then roughly 13 years later, God comes back to him and says, hey, you walk faithfully and blamelessly before me. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will greatly increase your numbers. Abram is 99. 
And then God offers this glimpse of salvation that is to come. He tells Abram that in order to keep the covenant that they have made, every male among you shall be circumcised. And remember that God's ultimate plan is for us to have eternal fellowship with Him in heaven. And and that can only happen through the the shed blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. And so I, I think that here with Abraham, we get a glimpse of what is to come. It takes the shedding of blood for this covenant as well as the covenant that he sets before us with Christ being the ultimate sacrifice. It takes the shedding of blood. And God gives Abram a new name here. He changes it and he says, your name is now Abraham. And you know what? When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we're baptized, when we step out of there to walk in a newness of life, he gives us a new name as well. It's Christian. You see how from the very beginning, God has a plan to to pursue us and to restore us, to recalculate us every step of the way. Even after Abraham Abraham tried to fulfill the covenant of a son on his own. God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a nation. Abraham thought, I'm old. How can that be? He's talking to Sarah. We've been married for years. You've got no kids. You've you've never had a baby. It's not going to happen. I don't know what the conversation was, but there was still some doubt. And they tried it on their own and it didn't work. And God comes back around. He says, you walk blameless before me and I will make my covenant. And he calls Abraham out for this. And he says, hey, I have a plan. Stop trying to step in and rush the plan. Is that you? And then when Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah is 90, respectively, they're promised their own child. Sarah laughs at this preposterous word of the Lord. You kidding? I'm even older now than I was when this whole thing started. And you're going to tell me I'm going to have a son. This boy is born to them. And he's named Isaac, which means laughter. I think that's awesome. And then we get into Genesis chapter 18. You know, what we can learn from Genesis chapter 18 is that God does what he says he will do. And he does it in his time. If you're waiting on the Lord for something, just remember that Abram waited 25 years for his son that would begin the fulfillment of the first covenant that God made with him. Talk about practicing patience. My goodness, no wonder Abram tried to to do it on his own. Think about this. God tells you one day, go where I will lead you and I will bless you and make, you a, na- make a nation out of you. And when he, gets, he got to where God was leading him, still had no kids of his own. Are, are you like this? Is this you? You know God is doing a work in your life, but you don't want to wait to see what's going to happen next. You start to, to push the door. You want something to happen so badly, you force the next move. Maybe, maybe it's with your job. Maybe it's, it's the addiction you face. Maybe it's, there are things you need to work on within your family rather than make plans to separate. I don't know what it is, but hey, Abram, slow down. Wait on God. Let him do what he says he will do in your life. He doesn't need you to fix this. He needs you to walk before him faithfully and blameless. Do that first. Answer that. Do that first. And then see how he moves in your life. Too often, we're like Abram, not Abraham. We're like Abram. We try to make God's blessing happen on us, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work out that well. But when we slow down, when we walk faithfully before the Lord, it's amazing when we see what He does in our lives. And now let's see how that promise of being the father of many nations is panning out for Abram. At first glance, we'd think not too good. But in Genesis chapter 22, God severely tests Abraham by commanding him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Wait a minute. How are you going to build a nation if you're taking the son that you promised that was going to start the whole thing to begin with? God, what are you thinking? 
This is the son of the promise. You can't do that. Let me say here, at this point, at this time, Isaac's not a little boy, okay? He's most likely in his teenage years, but regardless of his age, God asks for a sacrifice of Abraham's only son. There's another glimpse, a a foreshadowing of what is to come, and that's actually in my notes, and I was wondering why Matthew was reading my message um, and used it, but foreshadowing of what's to come. Specifically, God says to Abraham, and this is on page 19, about halfway down, if you'll turn in your story Bible, I just lost my place, page 19, about halfway down, <clears throat> Abram get, gets, I'm uh, sorry, God says, uh, let's see here, there it is, take your son, sometime later God tested Abraham, he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied, and then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Abraham gets Isaac and gets everything together and, the, and, and two servants and they travel up the mountain. On the third day, excuse me, Abraham looks up and he saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, um, he says, he says, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. You catch that? Abraham says to his servants, we will go worship and we will come back to you. I asked myself, Abraham, did you forget what you're going to do? You're going to sacrifice your son to God as a burnt offering. Folks, I don't know if you've seen burnt, but that's not something you just bounce back from. That's that's like done. It's over. But Abraham obediently responds, believing that God could and would raise his beloved son to life from the dead. But then he takes his faith up a notch because it says when when Isaac says to him, Father, we have fire and wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? You know, Isaac knows how these sacrifices work. He's seen them before. But look at what Abraham says to him before they even get to the spot, before they even put together the altar. Top of page 20 in your in your story Bible. This is how Abraham answers him. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Talk about taking a teachable moment or an opportunity to share how awesome our God is with your kid. Isaac, Isaac is spared. A ram is provided by the Lord and is offered as a sacrifice. But you know, right here is that glimpse of what God is willing to do for us. Centuries later, another beloved son will be sacrificed and is not spared. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, our God loves us more than we can understand. And God will win us back at a great personal cost to himself. As he builds a nation, he started out by choosing Abraham and Sarah to begin the new nation by using them. And God reveals a pattern in using them. And we should be encouraged by this pattern. You see, our God chooses unlikely people who are not the smartest or the most beautiful and handsome. They may not have the best resumes. They may not come from the best families or have the best background. Their credit score may not be 700. They may even be a little bit broken and messed up. But God shows us that it's okay to be a little bit broken. Our God chooses ordinary people like you and me. And I don't care where you've been or what mistakes you have made. You are not disqualified to be used greatly in God's story. Amen. By the way, Abraham's son, Isaac, had two sons, Esau and Jacob. 
they weren't perfect either. The Bible tells us Isaac lived 180 years and then breathed his last and died. But not before one of his sons tricked the other out of his birthright for some stew and even tricked their father out of a family blessing. You're going to read about all that this week in chapter 2. Go ahead and get your GPS out again. You know, these things are handy for a lot of stuff. They, They can get you across town. They can show you how to get across the state. They can even show you how to get from one coast of the United States of America to the other. Hey, this thing, these little, these little gadgets, they will show you how to get all the way to Canada if that's where you want to go. It can show you how to get to a church, but it can't drive you there. It can't make you go in, and it can't make you respond to what you hear. When you use the real GPS, when you use God's positioning system, when you read His story, when you use His directions you'll find that you can truly go where he leads you. I'm not sure where he's leading you this week, but just to help you out, I want to give you some some real easy direction. If you have a decision or a response or something that's on your heart and you need to to take action with that today, step out into any aisle and just walk forward. Just begin walking. Somebody will be waiting for you when you get to the front, I promise. And whatever your response is, if it's time for you to answer the initial call of the Lord to follow him into a place that he will show you, Be like Abraham. Maybe you need to walk away from pagan gods. Maybe you need to walk away from something in your extended family that's keeping you from God. Maybe you need to die to yourself. The baptistry is ready. Respond to God's call. Maybe today you're fighting the battles that are unseen by the people around you. You look like you've got it all together, but in reality you're just forcing God's blessing like Abraham and Sarai with a child of promise. I don't know if that's you or not, but respond. The elders are here. They'll pray with you. They'll encourage you. They'll study with you. They'll begin accountability with you. Maybe you've been wandering around a while and you're ready to partner with Huntsville Christian Church to to be a part of our family of misfits. Yeah, I called you all misfits. Me too. We aren't perfect here. and we We don't have all the answers, but our God does and we're following Him to the best of our ability. And if it's time for you to be a part of our family, to plug into this community around us, please respond. Come forward. The harvest in this area is ready. And we can always use more workers partnering with us for the kingdom of God. Whatever your response is, will you consider being like Abraham today and following God wherever he leads you, even if it's just right up here to the front? Will you stand and sing with us and consider how you'll respond to God's word? That's the way to start a week. It's, It's been great to worship with you all today, but now it's time to go. As you go this week, as you read about how God builds a nation I want to challenge you to pray about what your role is in that nation. Ask God what he's calling you to do right here, right now in Huntsville, Alabama. Program your days this week according to God's positioning system. Read, pray, seek his will every day. You'll be amazed, Abraham, at where that leads you. Remember, don't just read the story. Live it out. Have a great week.